we read about Jacob's exploits as to how to get his older brother Esau's birthright. And accomplishing that, uh, Jacob had to leave home. So we continue. Genesis 29. Then Jacob continued on his journey and came to the land of the eastern peoples. He saw a well in the open country with three flocks of sheep lying near it because the flocks were watered from that well. The stone over the mouth of the well was large. And when all the flocks were gathered there, the shepherds would roll the stone away from the well's mouth and water the sheep. They would return the stone to its place over the mouth of the well. Jacob asked the shepherds, My brothers, where are you from? Oh, we're from Haran, they replied. And he said to them, Do you know Laban, Nahor's grandson? Oh, yes, we know him, they answered. And then Jacob asked them, Is he well? Oh, yes, he's well, they said. And here comes his daughter, Rachel, with the sheep. Look, he said, the sun is still high. It's not time for the flocks to be gathered. Water the sheep and take them back to pasture. We can't, they replied, until all the flocks are gathered and the stone has been rolled away from the mouth of the well. Then we will water the sheep. While he was still talking with them, Rachel came with her father's sheep, for she was a shepherd. And when Jacob saw Rachel, daughter of his uncle Laban, and Laban's sheep, he went over and rolled the stone away from the mouth of the well and watered his uncle's sheep. Then Jacob kissed Rachel and began to weep aloud. He had told Rachel that he was a relative of her father and a son of Rebekah. So she ran and told her father. As soon as Laban heard the news about Jacob, his sister's son, he hurried to meet him. He embraced him and kissed him and brought him to his home. And there Jacob told him all these things. And then Laban said to him, You are my own flesh and blood. So after Jacob had stayed with him for a whole month, Laban said to him, Just because you are a relative of mine, should you work for me for nothing? Tell me what your wages should be. Now Laban had two daughters. The name of the older was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah had weak eyes, but Rachel had a lovely figure and was beautiful. Jacob was in love with Rachel and said, I'll work for you seven years in return for your younger daughter, Rachel. Laban said, "Hmm, it's better I give her to you than to some other man. Stay here with me. And so Jacob served seven years to get Rachel, but they seemed like only a few days to him because of his love for her. Then Jacob said to Laban, Give me my wife. My time is complete, and I want to make love to her. And so Laban brought together all the people of the place and gave a feast. But when evening came, 
he took his daughter Leah and brought her to Jacob. And Jacob made love to her. And Laban gave his servant Zilpah to his daughter as her attendant. When morning came, there was Leah. So Jacob said to Laban, What is this you've done to me? I served you for Rachel, didn't I? Why did you deceive, why did, why have you deceived me? And Laban replied, It is not our custom here to give the younger daughter in marriage before the older one. Finish this daughter's bridal week, and then we will give you the younger one also. In return for another seven years of work, and Jacob did so. He finished the week with Leah, and then Laban gave him to his daughter Rachel to be his wife. Laban gave his servant Bilhah to his daughter Rachel as her attendant. Jacob made love to Rachel also, and his love for Rachel was greater than his love for Leah, and he worked for Laban another seven years. When the Lord saw that Leah was not loved, he enabled her to conceive. But Rachel remained childless. Leah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Reuben, for she said, It is because the Lord has seen my misery. Surely my husband will love me now. She conceived again, and when she gave birth to a son, she said, because the Lord has heard that I am not loved, he gave me this one too. And so she named him Simeon. Again she conceived, and when she gave birth to a son, she said, Now at last my husband will become attached to me, because I've borne him three sons. And so she called his name Levi. She conceived again, and when she gave birth to a son, she said, This time... I will praise the Lord. And so she named him Judah. And then she stopped having children. Well, thank you, Val. Uh, bit, of a, bit of an interesting story, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I have a friend who, uh, who's uh, had a pretty, actually, a pretty hard run of things. Um, a friend who's had some uh, some hard things happen to him, but also uh, my friend had some hard things happen to him, but also at the same time, some of the things he's kind of wanted out of life, they just they just kind of haven't gone his way. Uh, and so uh, my friend, when he thinks about God, um, he would say something like, well, if God's a God of blessing, well, doesn't that mean either God's against me because he's not seeming to be blessing me, or maybe perhaps God isn't there at all? Uh, I wonder what you would say to um, someone like that. Either God's against me or, uh, or he doesn't seem to be there at all. Uh, perhaps you feel like that. Um, you know, if God's a God of blessing, well, how come things don't really feel like they're going my way? You know, my life's pretty hard. Uh, my life's not really working out the way uh, that I wanted it to. Uh, and, and God is a God of blessing, isn't he? Well, certainly we're in the book of Genesis at the moment. And uh, as, as Val's read for us, the story of Jacob, this is our second week uh, of three weeks looking at Jacob, and Genesis has been telling us that God is a God who's on about blessing. He's a God of blessing. He promised blessing to Abraham. He promised blessing to Abraham's family. We've been tracking that promise of blessing uh, through the generations. 
And last week, um, it, was a, it was a little bit odd, but uh, we saw that the blessing has now come to Jacob. Uh, do you remember? Jacob seemed to steal the blessing from his older brother Esau, and Esau was, of course, really angry about that. And as Val said, that's why um, Jacob is now on the run. So, so Jacob, his life hasn't been going super well either. But in today's story, well, Jacob, he finally thinks things are about to go his way. Now that he's got the blessing, he's finally going to find that satisfaction and fulfillment uh, that he's been craving for so long. Actually, as we read our story, it kind of started pretty well as well, didn't it? Uh, he, he met the beautiful woman, he, he falls in love, but well, as, as, as we read, didn't we? It didn't take uh, very long for things to fall apart. So uh, what is going on in our story today? What is going on in our story today? Isn't God meant to be blessing Jacob, especially now that he's got the blessing? Uh, why are things then not working out for Jacob? God doesn't seem to be blessing him. I wonder if Jacob feels a bit like my friend. Is God actually against Jacob, maybe? Or maybe God isn't even there at all. Well, this morning I want us to dive in, have a good think together about this story. Uh, the story is in three parts. Uh, here we are. It's the desire, the trick, and the answer. Uh, and I want us to see this morning that the story gives us the answer, uh, not just to what's going on with Jacob, but also gives us an answer to our questions about blessing as well. If God is a, ble- a God of blessing, well, why, uh, why is sometimes life so hard? Why does it often feel like things aren't going our way? Why hasn't God given me the sort of life that I've been hoping for? Uh, and the answer to those questions really comes from understanding uh, what God's blessing really is all about. And that's, I think, what our passage this morning teaches us, what God's blessing really is all about. Uh, but let's have a look at the story. Three points then. Uh, point one, the desire. Uh, let's let's dive in. It's a pretty gripping story. It's got a bit of everything, as we saw. Um, some romance, maybe some humour, some certainly pretty strange, weird bits that uh, might even seem a little bit offensive. I think, but uh, let's let's get in. I think let's let's go go into it again. We've we've had it read for us, but uh, let's let's think about the story and dive a little bit bit deeper. Let's uh, join Jacob. Remember, he's on the run. Uh, he's trying to find a life of blessing. Let's. Uh, let's have a look at this together. Then Jacob continued on his journey. He came to the land of the eastern peoples. He's a long way from home. He saw a well in the open country with three flocks of sheep lying near it because the flocks were watered from that well. Uh, the stone over the mouth of the well was large. When all the flocks were gathered there, the shepherds I'm sorry, when all the flocks were gathered there, the shepherds would roll the stone away from the well's mouth and water the sheep. Uh, they then would return the stone to its place over the mouth of the well. Okay, so there's a well. It's got a big stone, a little bit random, uh, but let's, let's keep going. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be important in a minute. Uh, Jacob asked the shepherds, my brothers, where are you from? Uh, we're from Haran, they replied. And he said to them, do you know Laban, Nahor's grandson? Yes, we know him well, they answered. And then Jacob answered them, is he well? Nice little dad joke from Jacob. I think he probably kind of points at the well and go, goes, you know, is he well? Um, but here's, what's, here's where it gets interesting. Remember, Jacob's he, he's come, he's looking for blessing, he's... It's got to start with finding a nice, a nice wife, I think. I think that's, that's what he's after. Uh, and so, yes, he is, they say, and here comes his daughter with the sheep. Hello. Now, here's Rachel. Make no mistake, Jacob is immediately interested in this Rachel. I, um, I know we don't really think of things this way uh, anymore, but Rachel is Jacob's cousin. Uh, I don't know, for us, that's a big, uh-uh, nope. Uh, not interested, but for Jacob, that's actually a big tick. That's exactly what Jacob's been looking for, a wife from among his own peoples. It's, it's exactly what he's been hoping for. So Jacob's 
Make no mistake, he's interested. He's pretty excited. So what, what does he say? Uh, let's go to, go to verse 7. Uh, well, straight away he says, Look, the sun is still high. Is it not time for the flocks to be gathered? Water the sheep and take them back to pasture. Jacob's, you know, he's been talking. And suddenly he says, Hang on, shepherds. Why are we still talking here? Rachel's coming. Get these sheep. Get them out of here. I, uh, I want to talk to this girl. Let's get Rachel over here. Let's get her sheep watered. Let's, let's come on. Let's get this going. Uh, and we, we can't, they replied. Until all the flocks are gathered and the stone has been rolled away from the mouth of the well, then we'll water the sheep. Jacob's thinking, well, what's the hold up here, guys? Uh, time for Jacob to take matters into his own hands, which is, uh, as you see, what he, what he does. While he was still talking with them, Rachel comes over with his father's sheep, uh, for she was a shepherd. And when Jacob saw Rachel, uh, daughter of his uncle Laban and Laban's sheep, he went over and rolled the stone away from the mouth of the well and waters, watered his uh, uncle's sheep. Okay, big stone. Big stone, let's go lift the big stone, let's get these sheep watered. Big strength from Jacob. Uh, need, to, need to meet this girl, need to talk to this girl, need to impress this girl. Uh, let's move this stone, let's water her sheep. Uh, well done, Jacob. Nice and buff. And I think the other shepherds are probably just sitting there looking at him like he's crazy. But uh, Verse 11, then Jacob kissed Rachel and began to weep aloud. He told Rachel that he was a relative of her father and a son of Rebekah, so she ran and told her father. Here we go, he meets Rachel. And um, young man looking for a looking for a girl. This is this is how you do it. You kiss them. You begin start crying. Uh, tell her tell her she's your relative. That's um, that's that's what you do when you meet a young lady. Apparently, uh, can't can't go wrong. But uh, you know, just just remember where Jacob's at. He's he's on the run. Nothing's gone his way. He's been searching for blessing. He gets to this new land, and finally, he's so excited because I think he thinks he might have found the answer. The perfect girl comes along at just the right time. He's messed up his family life. He doesn't have any money. He's, he's on the run. He's on his own. Uh, but maybe this is it. Maybe this is the blessing God's prepared for him. A beautiful relationship uh, with a perfect woman. Suddenly everything's coming up. Jacob, maybe love here is going to be the answer to his problems. And the way Jacob's feeling, actually it makes sense of then what's, what comes after this. Uh, he meets his uncle Laban in verse 15. Uh, Laban said, uh, just because you're a relative of mine, should you work for nothing? Tell me what your wages should be. And now Laban had two daughters. The name of the older was Leah. The name of the younger was Rachel. Uh, Leah had weak eyes, uh, which probably isn't to do with her eyesight. It's probably some sort of some sort of abnormity or something with her eyes, uh, something that seems to make her less attractive because she's contrasted to Rachel, uh, who has a lovely figure and was beautiful. Uh, we're going to come back and talk about Leah a little bit later on, but... Uh, uh, verse 18, Jacob was in love with Rachel and said, I'll work for you for seven years in return for your younger daughter, Rachel. Now that is a little bit odd, isn't it? Do you think that's odd? You should think that's odd because it is odd. Uh, to work for seven years, it's, um, you, could, you can sit down and do the math and work out sort of what that labor would have been worth financially. And Jacob is just, well, it's over the top. It's generous. He's paying way more than he would need to for a bridal price based on kind of how their customs work back in those days. It's really... Jacob's just, he's so desperate, he's so excited, whatever it is, he thinks he's finally found the blessing that he thinks God, God has for him. So he's not even, he's not even thinking rationally anymore. He's, he's willing to work for seven years. And so Laban said, it is better that I give her to you than some other man. Stay here with me. So Jacob, uh, he did it. He served seven years to Rachel. Uh, and they seem like only a few days to him because of his love for her. Ah, isn't that beautiful? Lovely. Uh, Genesis is showing us, though, here, isn't it, that, that actually Jacob's desire for blessing is so strong that actually yeah, he's not even thinking in his right mind anymore. He wants this so bad. You know, he's been searching for blessing his whole life. Lots of things have gone against him. He hasn't been able to get the things that he, he's wanted ever. And now he thinks, if 
finally, this is it. Finally, God's coming through and he's willing to do whatever whatever it takes to get this blessing. (coughs) Now, I think a good question to ask, uh, we might just stop and ask this question. What is... What is Jacob actually after here? I think that's a, that's a good question to ask. What is Jacob actually wanting here? What, what, what's his game? What's he doing? Uh, verse, verse 21, we, we'll go here just very quickly. Jacob said to Laban, give me my wife. My time is completed. Uh, I want to make love to her. Uh, if that sounds like a very out there, kind of very forward, kind of inappropriate thing to say, then that's, that's exactly right. It's not, you know, you can go read the Hebrew commentators and they'll tell you it's probably even more just out of place when you're, when you're reading in the original language as well. Um, it's not a very tactful way to put it. Uh, it's actually, is all Jacob after here is sex. Is that, is that kind of what he thinks, uh, where he thinks he's going to find this blessing that he's been waiting for for so long? Oh, perhaps, perhaps that's a bit unfair. Maybe, um, uh, of course, after seven years of, of working, Jacob's been living in sort of the same place as Rachel. You know, he probably would have had plenty of time to get to know Rachel. Uh, so, so maybe it's just that they're head over heels in love. They've, they've spent all sorts of nights, you know, talking by the fire, looking after the sheep together. Uh, they get along great. It's perfectly reasonable that seven years later, uh, Jacob would be um, a bit impatient and pretty keen to get married and move on to things. So maybe, maybe Jacob's game is really purely that he's just in love. He just wants to uh, just get on with this. So, you know, is he after love? Is he after sex? Pretty kind of common things to be trying to go for if you're trying to find a, maybe a life of fulfillment or a life that seems like a blessed life. Uh, but, but there's one, one more option too that I think actually probably makes some sense. And uh, if we just remember the context of Jacob's family uh, and remember his family history, we might remember that God promised Abraham, Jacob's grandpa, descendants. And you might remember what a big deal it was to Abraham to have a child and how he had to wait for a really long time and he did finally have... Uh, Isaac, Jacob's dad, and then it was a big deal to Isaac and uh, Rebecca to have kids as well. So maybe for Jacob, the other thing he's thinking about is, you know, I've got this blessing now that's come down from my father and my grandfather, uh, and, and they were always keen to have big families, lots of descendants. Uh, maybe he thinks now that the blessings come to me, it's up to him to have lots of descendants. So he wants to get married, uh, start having kids. So it could be that as well, you know, love, sex, kids. It could be um, all of the above. But before we move on, then I, I want to notice. Just, I want us to notice one thing that Jacob doesn't seem to be after, one thing that he doesn't seem to be on about, uh, one place where he doesn't kind of seem to think he's going to find any blessing. Uh, he might be looking to sex, to love, to kids, uh, but did you notice where Jacob's not looking for blessing? He's not looking to the Lord. Um, if, if you know Genesis well, and if you've read through Genesis carefully, you might, uh, you might notice this, we... Uh, looks last year at the story of Abraham finding a wife for Isaac. You might remember that story. Uh, it's the story of how Jacob's parents got together. Uh, it's in Genesis 24. Uh, Genesis 24, it's a story that has actually lots and lots of parallels to what we've read today. It's a very similar story. Uh, back in Genesis 24, Abraham sends a servant off to find a wife for Isaac. Here it's Jacob himself trying to find a wife for himself. But um, these two people, they both go, both, both Abraham's, and, Abraham's servant and Jacob, they both go to the east uh, they both try and they both find the same family. Uh, they both find a beautiful woman. Both of the stories are about wells and water, so there's, there's, lo- there's lots of parallels. Uh, but you know, there's a big difference between Genesis 24, when Abraham's servant goes and finds Rebecca, versus here in Genesis 29, when Jacob goes and finds Rachel. There's a big difference between those big stories. Uh, and the big difference between those two stories is that back in Genesis 24, when Abraham's servant went off to try and find a wife for Isaac, uh, the servant prayed. The servant asked for God's help. And actually, he didn't just pray once. He prayed, he, he went, and he, he, he 
prayed, he asked for God to be showing him the right woman, he, he thanked God for what had happened. It was so clear through the whole chapter that the servant, uh, as well as Abraham, they were relying on God. And God answered Abraham's prayer, God answered Abraham's servant's prayer. But we come here to Genesis 29, it's a very similar story, another generation on. But this time, as far as Jacob praying or speaking to God or relying on God, there's nothing. God hasn't even had a mention in the whole story yet. Jacob hasn't prayed, he hasn't asked for God's help, he hasn't shown any sign of relying on God. Uh, The only thing Jacob seems to be relying on is his own strength. Quite literally, you know, Rachel, look how how big a rock I can lift. Um, Now, of course, to be fair, we don't really know, does Jacob even have a faith at the moment? He he certainly knows about God, Uh, he certainly wants this blessing that he knows has been promised by God, Um, so he kind of wants what he's heard that God's going to deliver, but uh, the, the relationship, he doesn't, is there any relationship that Jacob has with God at this point? It doesn't seem like there's much there, does it? Of course, you know, I, I, I don't know about you, but I can certainly think of times when I've been a bit like Jacob myself here, you know, I uh, love God and love spending time in prayer, and uh, but, you know, whatever it is, maybe I drop, drop out of routine for a couple of weeks, um, um, whatever it is, I might just stop and catch myself and think, oh man, I actually haven't prayed for, for days. Uh, maybe maybe God's just dropped off the radar after, uh, off over the last couple of weeks. Uh, maybe I'm just feeling like I'm really been relying on myself the last couple of weeks. I, I don't know if you've experienced that, but it's certainly I've, something I've caught myself and thought at times. And perhaps maybe I have been praying, but I've just actually started treating God a, a, bit, like a, a bit like a genie, thinking, oh, I just want God to give me this and this and this. Uh, treating God like a vending machine, maybe. I'm just after his stuff. I haven't stopped and paused and spent uh, that deep time in meditation and praise and uh, my relationship with God has uh, felt like it's been lacking a little bit. Uh, maybe, maybe that might be you this afternoon and this afternoon. Maybe that might be you at the moment and this afternoon. Uh, it might be a good thing to pause and spend some time with God. But let's, um, let's go on with our story then. Uh, second, second part of our story then is the trick. Jacob, he's calm, he... he He's not relying on God, but he thinks he's finally found the blessing that he's been looking for. He's found the beautiful woman. Everything kind of seems to be going his way. Uh, But he has the rug pulled out from under him, doesn't he? Uh, Verse 22, Jacob's asked to get married. So Laban brought together all the people of the place and gave a feast. But when evening came, he took his daughter Leah and brought her to Jacob. Jacob made love to her. Wow. I mean, a trick is kind of underselling it, isn't it? This is quite intense. Now, of course, you might wonder how he could possibly pull this off, but of course, no electricity, so no electric lights. Um, back in those days, like a, I think a bride would have been veiled the whole day, so you probably never actually get to see her face. Uh, maybe combine that with a big wedding, so, you know, lots of drinking, I think. Uh, and you can imagine how Laban could have actually pulled this off. Uh, but but at the same time, it's not like Jacob isn't going to figure it out, is he? Uh, and of course he does the next morning, verse 25, uh, when morning came, uh, there was Leah. Um, so Jacob said to Laban, what have you done to me? I served you for Rachel, didn't I? Why have you deceived me? <coughs> mm. Pretty, uh, pretty fair question, isn't it? Pretty intense. Now I wonder, um, if you were with us last week, if you can start to figure out what might be going on yet. Remember what happened last week? Uh, a trick, a deception. 
Jacob deceiving his father. His father was blind, couldn't see very well, so blessed the wrong person. Versus uh, Leah, who was hidden from Jacob, so, you know, ended up marrying the wrong person. Two tricks, both of them, by the time they were figured out, it was already too late. I wonder if even as Jacob is speaking here, as maybe when he says, you know, why have you deceived me, if he's suddenly starting to even realize his own hypocrisy. My guess is that Jacob had come to the east a long way away from home um, and he sort of thought he had his secrets well hidden. Maybe he kind of had his skeleton in his closet. You know, seven years ago I cheated my father and stole my older brother's blessing but I haven't let anyone know about that. It's all hidden away. I've left that behind me. Uh, but my, my theory is that somewhere along the line, Laban, maybe he'd had word from, the east, uh, word from back in the west. Uh, my, my theory is Laban had somehow figured out what Jacob had done. Maybe he'd yeah, heard from a messenger or something, heard the gossip. Uh, and really, in the most brutal way, at uh, the most opportune time, this is exactly what Laban says right here. Uh, Laban replied, it's not our custom here to give the younger daughter in marriage before the older one. You know, Jacob, around here, the uh, the older sibling gets priority. The older sibling comes first. Oh, stings, doesn't it? <laughs> one of the great burns of the Bible, I think I would say. Uh, you know, Jacob, I know you were able to pull off that trick and take your older brother's blessing back home. Uh, but around here, uh, we put the older sibling first. Ouch. The deceiver has been deceived. I wonder how Jacob felt when all this was going on. He'd been so desperate. Put everything he had into trying to get this beautiful girl, Rachel, and suddenly he's been betrayed. You think he'd be angry? Angry at God, perhaps? God was meant to give him blessing, of course. God, you know, he, he'd meant to have the blessing now. Uh, what's God doing here? Is, why isn't God blessing Jacob? Jacob was meant to come here and find a beautiful wife, have a happy life. Perhaps God's not with Jacob after all. Perhaps God's against Jacob. Or maybe God's just not a God of blessing. Uh, so Jacob would have felt angry, but of course he also would have felt convicted, wouldn't he? Suddenly he knows what it's like to be deceived. Suddenly he knows what it's like to have his life ruined by deception. Suddenly he knows what Esau would have felt like in our story last week. I wonder if it's because he feels convicted that Jacob just takes it. He doesn't seem to fight it. He just he doesn't fight back. He just accepts his fate. He marries Leah. He gets to marry Rachel as well. He has to do a whole other seven years of work. But uh, I, I think he's realized what he's done. He he realizes the hurt that he's caused. And he realized that this is just. He has to He has to do this. He has to pay this. He's got a taste of his own medicine. And so we might ask, well, what should God have done? Should, should God have just given Jacob the perfect girl and a happy life? Should he just have, 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 have just had everything go Jacob's way? Should he have just put Jacob through, should he have put Jacob through this awful situation? What, what should God have done? Well, it seems to me that God knew that what Jacob needed more than just to be happy and to have everything he wanted, more, what Jacob needed even more than that was a lesson. You know, actually, Jacob needed to know what this deception felt like. He needed to be taught. So, we've seen the desire, we've seen the trick. Well, let's turn our attention to the last part of the story then and see if we can see uh, the answer. Uh, We're also going to turn our attention off Jacob now and spend some time thinking about Leah, just as we come to our last point. I think, uh, I'm sorry I didn't really talk about it any uh, earlier on, but it would be good to pause to acknowledge that actually there are some pretty sort of brutal things in this story, aren't there? Uh, Just Even just the value of the two sisters being linked uh, to their attractiveness, uh, it's pretty pretty harsh. 
Uh, of course, the passage also talks about other things that are not really right. Polygamy, bride purchase, um, some of these things that we wouldn't say are right today. Uh, we should say that the Bible describes all sorts of things, actually. You know, the Bible tells us what happened. It doesn't necessarily uh, mean that everything the Bible describes is condoned. You know, polygamy, for example, um, happens at different points in the Bible, and it's pretty clearly not something that the Bible endorses. Uh, in fact, every time polygamy is involved in a story, it almost always goes bad. Uh, and actually, if the Bible kind of gives us anything surprising today, is that it, it stops. And actually, the Bible stops to tell us the story of Leah. Uh, in many ways, if we're being harsh, we would just say, well, actually, Leah was just a background character in the story. You know, she was just the foil to her good-looking sister. But the Bible, no, the Bible actually cares about Leah. The Bible wants to step in and actually have a stop and hear Leah's story. And, of course, we talked about Jacob's side of things, you know, being tricked uh, into marrying Leah. But, you know, you don't often stop to think about how Leah would have felt, do you? Uh, you know, to have to hide herself uh, to pretend, you know, to be your sister to get married. It's not very nice, is it? We don't know if she really wanted to go through with this, if she wanted this. But whether she did or not, it's a pretty awful way to begin a marriage, isn't it? And as we see um, towards the end, Leah's story uh, is not really very pleasant. In a way, uh, Leah is quite a bit like Jacob because she's also desperate for blessing. She's also desperate for love. Uh, and Jacob thought he could find blessing by getting married. Leah uh, is experiencing something that's different, but it's actually something that's also very common um, in Australia today. She's married, but now that she is married, in her marriage, she feels trapped. She, she just wishes that she could have a good marriage, that her husband would love her. That if she, she wishes that if she could have a happier marriage, everything would be okay. And God, God sees Leah and sees that she's not loved, sees the situation that she's in, and he gives her a child. Uh, Leah names the first child Reuben and says, the Lord has seen my misery. Surely my husband will love me now. She thinks, okay, this is it. I'm going to be able to get my husband's love. But alas, no, this, then later on she has a second son, Simeon. And this time she says, well, because the Lord knows I'm not loved, he gave me this one, this one too. And then a third son, Levi. And this time Leah seems like she's kind of downgraded her expectations a bit. She says, at last my husband will become attached to me because I've borne him three sons. He might not love me, but at least he's going to be loyal to me. Leah is desperate for blessing. She, she wants the blessing of her husband's love. Three children later, though, and she still actually doesn't have it. But then, at the end of the story today, Leah has a fourth son. And I think this is where we find uh, the answer to the questions we've been asking through our story. Verse 35, Leah's been wanting her husband lo husband's love, desperate for her husband's love. Uh, she's had three sons, now she has her fourth. Uh, she conceived again, and when she gave birth to a son, she said, this time, I'm going to praise the Lord. This time, I'm going to praise the Lord. Uh, let's think back to Jacob again. He was trying to find blessing in, we thought, maybe sex, maybe relationship, maybe kids. Uh, Leah, she's trying to find blessing in the love of her husband. All those things are good things, by the way. Now, as far as Jacob goes, well, Jacob doesn't actually really seem to get it yet. We, we're going to have to keep going with Jacob's story a bit longer before uh, Jacob seems to get what real blessing is about. But Leah, well, in Leah, we have our answer, I think. Here it is, isn't it? She'd been looking for the love of her husband. She'd been searching for that sort of blessing for years and years. But here at the end, she'd finally figured it out. She was, she'd, she'd been looking in the wrong place. She'd been looking for blessing somewhere she was never going to get it. 
Not truly. And so now she finally looks to where real blessing is found. She looks to the Lord. Uh, I remember my friend at the start again. Life hasn't really been going his way. Uh, He thinks if God was a God of blessing, well, he must either be against me or not there at all. I think the answer to that sort of question is to think about what true blessing really is, where real blessing is really found. Because actually, God's blessing isn't found in love or relationships or sex or financial security or a perfect family or a great house. Ultimately, what God's blessing is all about, it's not about the stuff he provides. It's found in knowing him. God's blessing is about bringing us into relationship with himself. That's the blessing he's promised. It's not about having God's stuff. It's about having God. His blessing is that he takes us, he forgives us, he shapes us, he teaches us like he taught Jacob. He brings us to him. You know, Jacob thought he was, Jacob thought all he was missing in his life was Rachel, but we saw it, didn't we? The big glaring thing that he was missing was God. He was missing a relationship with God. He barely had any relationship with God to speak of. He'd grown up with parents who loved God. He'd kind of heard about God, but he didn't have a relationship with God. He didn't have any reliance on God. He didn't have any trust in God. Jacob thought he wasn't being blessed because, but he was. He was, because he missed out on Rachel, but he was. God was taking him, teaching him, disciplining him. God was giving Jacob exactly what he needed. God showed Jacob, this is what deception feels like. And although it took, took Jacob a lot longer than Leah to figure it, out, figure it out, ultimately, all of that was God bringing Jacob into loving relationship with himself. That's our answer. That's what real blessing is. Of course, that's true for us too, isn't it? Our real blessing is in knowing God. Can I give you a little bit of a silly example that, uh, uh, that I think would apply to us? I know I don't normally give silly examples, so it's a bit out of character for me, but um, I've sometimes had this go, go around in my head, but uh, maybe I'm the only one, but perhaps you have too. Um, it's a bit silly, but sometimes I've stopped and just asked myself, do you think if I bought a lottery ticket, God would win it for me? You know, God's on my side, isn't he? God's a God of blessing. That'd be nice. God let me win the lottery. He loves me. Yeah, maybe I should go and buy a lottery, lottery ticket and God would let me win. Do you think, yeah, think he'd give me the win? I mean, that would be a pretty good blessing, wouldn't it? I mean, if I won the lottery, that'd, that'd be great. That'd be great, wouldn't it? I'd be generous with the money. You know, I'd use it well, that's for sure. I'd, you know, I'd buy a nice big house. I can invite lots of people over. I'd, you know, I'd probably even give some of the money away. I'd invest it in great things for God, in God's kingdom. You know, why wouldn't God let me win the lotto if I'm going to do all that sort of stuff with it? Yeah, I'm starting to convince myself now. Um, and, you know, having all that sort of money, you know, I'd, I'd obviously be really financial secu- financially secure. I wouldn't have to worry about money so much. I could take all sort of, sorts of risks for God, uh, knowing that I'd be okay. You know, if I had all that money, I'd barely need to trust God at all. And that's, of course, the point, isn't it? You know, God could have given Jacob the, uh, the perfect life straight away, the easy life. He could have given Jacob a perfect home life, a great marriage, kids straight away, no struggles. Uh, but if God had done that, well, Jacob never would have learned the importance of trusting on God. He certainly wasn't relying on God at the start of our story. He probably never would have sorted his relationship with God out if everything had just gone his way. He wouldn't have dealt with those past mistakes. But instead, what God did is he gave Jacob exactly what Jacob needed. He took Jacob shaped him, taught him, disciplined him. And ultimately, for both Jacob and Leah, 
Well, he ultimately blesses them in the same way. He brings both of them into relationship with himself. And he also uses both of them to bring about his plan for blessing the world. Uh, the fourth child we looked at there, Judah, uh, one of Leah's children, Leah's fourth child. You know, Judah, one of Judah's descendants was Jesus. Uh, in the kids' talk, uh, we talked about the story of the woman at the well. Uh, I know Simon was going to go there if he was uh, fit and healthy to do the kids' talk too. Uh, John chapter 4, uh, Jesus meets that woman at the well. It's actually Jacob's well that he meets uh, the woman at. And I don't know how well you know the story in John chapter 4. Uh, Jesus meets the woman. She's a woman who's been a bit like Leah, kind of looking for blessing and love. She's actually had five different husbands, so she's been looking um, for blessing and love for years and years and years. And Jesus says to the woman, uh, he speaks to her. And uh, as I was trying to say, as I introduced the kids' song before, um, you know what Jesus doesn't tell that woman? You know, he doesn't say, well, you know what you're missing is you've had all these five husbands, but you just haven't found the right one yet. You know, you're, look, you're looking for the right thing. You just, all you need is a better husband. You need the one who's better than all the others. No, what, J- what Jesus says is not that at all. He says, you're thirsty. What you need is to drink the water that I can give you. The woman of the world didn't need to sort out her marriage issues. She needed to sort out her relationship with Jesus. Now, God is a God of blessing. Real blessing, as we've seen from the scriptures today, isn't just in the stuff that God provides. Of course, God gives us lots of great gifts as well. They're they're good things. Real blessing, though, comes from knowing that through Jesus, we can have peace with God. We can know him. I, uh, I don't know how you're going this week. Maybe life's going great for you at the moment, in which case it's great to thank God for his great gifts. But remember, the real gift is to be thankful that for those who trust in Jesus, through Jesus, God has cleansed you from your sin and brought you back into relationship with him. And he's done that because he loves you. He loves you. On the other, on the other hand, if you've had a harder week this week or if things are harder for you at the moment, of course, uh, we don't want to downplay some of those hard things that uh, we might be experiencing at the moment. And of course, Jesus deeply cares about those things. But don't think that just because those things are hard that you're any less blessed. His blessings are bigger than our current circumstances. If you trust in Jesus, through Jesus, God has cleansed you from your sin and brought you back into relationship with himself. He's done it because he loves you. And he's preparing a place for you in the new creation where the sin of this world will be done away with, where we'll finally be able to see him face to face. A question I've heard before, you might have heard this question before. If you got to that new creation, the new heavens and the new earth, and it had all the stuff, you know, the world was put right. uh, But if you got to that new creation and Jesus wasn't there, would you be disappointed? If you got there and you had all the stuff, everything was put right, but Jesus wasn't there, would you be disappointed? God knows that although he loves to give great gifts, of course he cares about our circumstances and the things we're going through. He knows that it's not those things that are ultimately going to satisfy our craving for blessing. It's him that we need. So how about I pray that God would help us to cherish the relationship that we do have with him, knowing that that is where real blessing is found. Would you pray with me? Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this story today, for uh, the way we read it and see you working in Jacob's life, maybe not giving him what he wanted, but giving him 
instead true blessing by shaping him to be who you wanted him to be, uh, by bringing him into relationship with you. We thank you for how you brought Leah to praise you. And we do pray to you now, Father, we know that it's so easy to focus on the things you give us and to take our focus off of you, the giver of gifts. Maybe for some of us here, it does feel like a long time since we've had that time of intimate prayer or meditation or spending time with you. Help us, Father, to pause, take that time in the week ahead. Father, remind us this week of the blessing it is to know you through Jesus. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.